continue. Okay, now let me get to that. Participants and let me let every admit all. There we go. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining. If you would please slide over into the chat box and let us know where you're calling in from. Let us know who you are, and where you're calling from. Thanks for coming. Glad to have you all with us. Glad to have everybody here. Welcome to Zenful Conversations. We're here this, we're here. You can hear us every day having conversations in a private Facebook group for women. We are in our fourth year. Um, for more information on this group and all of our Zoom offerings, please visit zenfulconversations.com. My name is Zen Jen Brown. I'm your host today, and we're here today with our guest speaker and meditation instructor, best-selling author, self-disciplined coach, Giovanni Jeanstman. Yes? That's right. Is that correct? Yes, great. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Giovanni, thank you so much for being here with us today. Absolutely. Thank you, Jen. Wonderful. Um, let's get a little bit about Giovanni. As a self-disciplined coach, Giovanni has helped hedge fund managers, CEOs, entrepreneurs, ambitious professionals, artists, and pro athletes to live a more focused and disciplined life. Since 2014, he has been successfully coaching people to overcome distractions, procrastination, self-doubt, fear, and other forms of self-sabotage. Do we recognize that word? What self-discipline challenges, whatever self-discipline challenges you face or whatever excuse you are telling yourself, Giovanni has seen it and has developed a tool to deal with it. Whether you need help building a consistent morning routine, breaking bad habits, finding your life purpose, increasing motivation and willpower, achieving your goals, or simply being more effective with your time and energy, mindful self-discipline can help. As a meditation instructor, Giovanni runs liveanddare.com, which is one of the top five most visited meditation blogs on the web. His first book, Practical Meditation, is available in eight different languages and has popularly been called the Meditation Bible. Giovanni has over 10,000 hours of personal meditation practice and is a sought-after consultant to award-winning meditation apps. His meditation programs have helped over 20,000 people start a daily meditation practice, improve their psychological well-being, and master their minds. Giovanni says, mindful self-discipline exists so that you can live life on your terms and be the person that you aspire to be. My pur his purpose is to mentor and inspire you on this path. And he asks, will you join him? Will you join him? Like I said, we're so happy to have you here with us. Thank you again for your time and your loving energy, your loving energy. Let's see if, Looking. did anybody, nobody put in the chat box where they're from? Now, come on, y'all. <laughs> there we go. I'm letting a few more people in. Letting a few more people in. Well, let's just get right to it. We've been reading a lot from your book. Um, where most of us in this group, uh, most of us here are in um, 
the daily vibes conversation group. We have a Zenful conversations that we come every day. We are in our fourth year every single day. Today is day number 1,249. Wow. Um, yeah, well, you know, that's self-discipline, right? Um, and we have been reading this book this year. And what I really like is the mindful aspect that you put on it, the mindful approach, really beautiful. Um, before we get into this, which is loaded with beautiful nuggets, um, would you mind sharing a little bit about, about your journey, what led you to this? I mean, I've actually done a little bit of research and found out that you almost were a monk at one time. And um, I just kind of would like to hear your spiritual path, because this is a spiritual practice, yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started having interest in spirituality, meditation, and the metaphysical uh, when I was 14 years old. You know, I read some Paulo Coelho books. Um, I was born and raised in Brazil, so you know, he's a fellow Brazilian author. And I was just fascinated with this whole topic. And all the books that I was reading, they were talking about meditation. So I was trying on my own to start meditating, um, doing some kind of relaxations and breathing exercises until one day I went into um, a one hour workshop that was being held in my city and I was guided into a state of meditation and that felt really precious. It felt that for the first time I was not running after anything, not running away from anything, just calm and happy in the present moment. And for a teenage and a child who was uh, very restless um, seeking something that I didn't know what it was. In that moment, I found peace, perhaps for the first time. And then I decided that I would practice meditation every day in my life. And that was the beginning of that, that, that commitment to the daily practice that now has led to about 11 or 12,000 hours. And in this many years, I have you know, read over 300 books on spirituality, meditation, personal growth, mindset, psychology, etc. I sat with different yogis, Zen masters, teachers, uh, lamas of different traditions. And so I have um, got wisdom from different sources and was always trying to, to make sense of it all. And that's my work as an author also to kind of make sense of all of these ancient wisdoms, these ancient, ancient traditions in a way that the 21st century person that lives in the world and not in a cave in the Himalayas um, can apply that into their daily life. And so, yeah, by my spiritual journey, I um, spent some years practicing Zen Buddhism. Then I practiced uh, non-duality for about nine years, uh, traveled to India multiple times, spent some time with uh, Muji, which some of you may know. Um, and then since about 2014, I've been threading the path of uh, yoga and mantra. So that's a snapshot of the journey. That is a snapshot. Yeah, because the the what it says here on this book is described as living with purpose and achieving your goals in a world full of distractions. So that's how you're bringing it to modern day because these distractions are just unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, and um, so let me just ask, when you first started, when you, okay, you had that, that one practice that changed your life. Um, did you, and you decided you were going to meditate every day. Did you struggle to meditate every day or did you just, you just did it every day since then? 
Um, I basically did it every day. You know, I, I, I've skipped a day or two when I'm traveling international and like I'm, uh, 20 hours in an airport or something. But um, basically, I've meditated every day. And I, I haven't skipped a single day in the past eight years for sure. Wow. Yeah. So you didn't really struggle because I think a lot of uh, from what I the people we talk with and, and even me, uh, I, I mean, I think I do my whole life as kind of a meditation. All my things I do med have the meditating factor to it, folding the laundry mindfully and, you know, just in getting into everything. But um, as far as having that regular time slot that you say is so very important, I struggle with that because of the time commitments, um, which were just just today started talking. We were at the time management section on your book there. Um, so that's, and, and a lot of the ladies seem to struggle with, I think probably a lot of the ladies that, um, that, that are part of the group are, um, uh, newer even maybe at taking time for themselves though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, you know, all of this is about, um, getting to know who you are and what you want getting to know what is truly important for you. you know, these are your core values and your core values create your aspirations. And self-discipline is nothing but our, our ability to live life in alignment with our values and aspirations, in harmony with our values and aspirations. And these can change in different phases of life. You know, when you are in your 20s, when you're in your 40s, when you're in your 60s, some of this can change depending on the phase of life you're in. Um, but there are, are some of these values that they are kind of, they're like our soul DNA. They are the things that we have always cared about and paid attention to and wanted to explore and experience. And self-discipline is having empowering structures in your life. Structures that help you come back to again and again to the things that matter, to the things that will actually make you happy. And if we don't have these structures, then we tend to gravitate towards whatever is pulling us. And it's not necessarily what is most aligned with us. And it's not necessarily what's going to make us happy. It could be, you know, some, somebody else's needs and demands. It could be the distractions on our phone and on the internet that are like, they pulls us so easily. So self-discipline allows us to live life more on purpose. Mm. Um, there's a couple things that I really like in the very beginning of the book you mention uh, you actually have the definition of of um, of self-discipline let me find that yeah just right there on page 26 you have the definition of um, self-discipline which if you don't mind I'm just gonna say it real quick it, mm -hmm. in a nutshell Here's how I define this essential skill. Self-discipline is the art of living in harmony with your goals and values. The longer definition is self-discipline is your ability to live in accordance with your higher goals and values moment after moment. It's your power to overcome internal and external obstacles, commit to what is meaningful to you and let that guide the way you think the choices you make and the actions you take until you bring your goal to fruition. This until fruition really <laughs> had an impact on me. 
and the the definition you break out that whole definition but the until fruition and mm -hmm. not for as long as you feel like it self-discipline doesn't ask how you're feeling today it asks how will you live your aspirations today what choice is true to who you want to become can you talk a little bit about that mm. Whatever change you want to make in any area of your life, be it in relationships, in finances, in career, in spirituality, in health, it's, it's a journey from A to B. And A is where you are now, B is where you want to be. It's your, it's your goal, it's your ideal, it's what you're aiming for. And in this journey, you will meet many obstacles. You may be in an environment that is not conducive to that goal. You may, you may have people around you in your family or maybe your partner that don't support or perhaps even actively pull you back from that journey. You will have internal obstacles such as you know, losing motivation from time to time, not having clarity about what you really want or what to do next, um, getting distracted with things that are less important, procrastinating on taking action that is meaningful but uncomfortable telling yourself excuses and believing them, being held back by fear and anxiety at times, failing and not knowing how to get back up, uh, staying stuck in self-doubt. Now, these are all different forms of internal challenges. And it is self-discipline that allows us to stay on track with what matters and go through all of these obstacles one by one until we get what we're looking for. Yeah, until fruition, until fruition. Because I think uh, for me, I mean, I noticed this as, I mean, I'm five years now in my, my wonderful healing journey and loving every second of it. Um, and as, you, as we go along, we realize more and more, um, but there's, and there's certain things, if you do stick with them, if you don't stick with them, you kind of drop off and then you, you never get past the start mode, you know, the startup to it um and i and that's the hardest part that's the most challenging part so uh there's there there's this hump that we have to get over is there any way to ease that or or is it just deciding is this is a mindset isn't it it's a it's a collection of things and, and that's why you know i I wrote a whole book about how, how yes. to do this, basically. <laughs> but it all starts with having a clear aspiration, knowing why that is important for you. You know, understanding that there are two possible future versions of yourself uh, and future versions of your life. One of them in which you become disciplined in taking action towards the things that matter. And the other one where you don't develop that discipline. And these two versions of your future self, they look different. They are different people. And once you get real clarity about how different they are and, and how one of them you are, you are proud of and you're happy and you, are, you feel more well, um, and in the other one, you haven't ticked some important boxes and there's a sense of, of regret and of, of being stuck and not moving forward. When you have this clarity on a, on a gut level, not only intellectual level, then you have fuel for the journey. Then you have a powerful why, something that will move you forward. Um, so, so that's one of the pieces of the puzzle, which is having an aspiration and being willing to, to work on it, to embrace it, be willing to make some sacrifices. Now, sacrifice is one of the four virtues I talk about in the book. 
And sacrifice comes from Latin sacra facere, which means to do something sacred, to make something sacred. And in the context of mindful self-discipline, sacrifice is your willingness to let go of the things that are not aligned with where you want to go. And this may be, you know, certain habits, certain mindsets. It could be um, an old identity, an, uh, an image that you have about yourself that is not really empowering and, and perhaps not even true. Uh, it's also your willingness to go through some discomfort for that which you want. You know, like when, when we have a child, we go through so much discomfort, right? But it's for a higher purpose. It's for something that we, that we want at that phase of life. And the same thing with other types of goals, you know, growing your career. Uh, that takes a lot of discomfort. You have to make effort. You have to accept certain things for a certain period of time that are not really um, pleasant. But the more you make a sacrifice for the things you want, the more valuable those things become to you. And some, there, there are different elements about this. And eventually you realize like, okay, what are the habits that I need to build to support me in this journey? And what is the easiest way of building them? Uh, if you are in the time management part of the book, then you've already read about the never zero. You know, that is that yes. uncompromising commitment to, to do something no matter what, something that is valuable for you. You know, every author, every expert, every healer will give you something to do. They will give you a practice. You know, it could be some yoga, a special type of meditation. It could be some affirmations. It could be some inner work. And if you do the practice consistently for long enough, you get the results. If you do the practice every once in a while, when the circumstances present themselves and, and it feels easy, then it will feel good in the moment, but you won't get that result, that transformation. And so for me, you know, self-discipline is the skill, is, is, that, is the way of living that allows everything else to, to work, to give fruits. It flows smoother too, it flows smoother. Can you um, describe your morning routine? <laughs> well, um, my morning routine is quite extreme and it's not something that I would necessarily recommend for most people, but, um, and it has changed over time. You know. Now I wake up at 2.30 in the morning. I do some stretches. I have a cold shower. And then I do a little bit of spiritual reading. And then I have a long session of meditation, um, two and a half to about two and a half hours long. And I also do about an hour of physical exercise. Um, in my case, it's, um, Kung Fu in a, in a very light way. And then I'm ready to start my day. And then at that point, it's about 7.30 a.m. And uh, it's the time I start my work. So I sleep seven hours. I sleep seven hours in total, but five hours at night from 9.30 to 2.30 and two hours uh, late morning. This is called mm -hmm. biphasic sleep when you, when you split your sleep in two phases. Ah, I, I'm not familiar with that. That's very interesting. Yeah, I did not know you got up at 2.30. Yeah, that won't be happening here. <laughs> yeah, this is also, it's, it hasn't been like this forever. You know, it's something I started um, two years ago. Before then, I was waking up at 5.30. Right, but, I was going to um, say, never say never either, right? Never say never, yeah. never say never. Yeah, that never zero, I like, that was the other thing. Besides the, the until fruition and the never zero, 
the never zero, it, it, make sure you get that. That means always something, even 10 minutes is better than no minutes. It's never zero minutes, never zero in whatever it is. Um, let me, let me uh, see if, does anybody have any questions that they'd like to ask Giovanni? We have Sarasota, Venice, Englewood, a lot of local people here. Does anybody have any questions that they'd like to ask? We can, you can come on screen and ask, or you can slide it into the chat box. Any questions on self-discipline at all? Kimberly. Yeah. I do. Hi. Go ahead. Hey, um, I have a question as far as, you know, you talk about all of this, all the research that you did and, you know, how you started, you know, good habits. And I want to know, did you, have you ever had to break any bad habits? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Is it the same process? It's um, similar principles, but it's kind of the reverse. So when you're building, let me start with the, the, the first part of your question. Um, yeah, so uh, many times I, not bad habits in the sense of, um, alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, things like mm -hmm. that. But um, bad habits with, with technology, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I, before being an author, I was working as, an, uh, as a programmer. And so technology was a big part of my life. And it, is, um, it sucks my attention as it does for everyone else. Right? So I had to little by little create very specific rules about how often I'm gonna check my email, um, how do I use my phone, etc. cetera. Uh, so this, this for a while was a struggle for me and little by little I created um, a healthy relationship with technology and, and the internet and I have that now but breaking habits is it's a little bit like the reverse process for building habits um, when we are building habits we want to make those habits as easy as possible mm -hmm. so if you want to exercise every day then make that as easy as possible don't uh, don't say that it has to be a one hour of an extremely difficult exercise uh, or that you have to drive 45 minutes to a class, you know, mm -hmm. something really simple, really easy. So that in the days that you're not so motivated, you can still do it with very little uh, willpower expenditure. Um, with bad habits is the opposite. You want to make it as difficult as possible to do them. So for example, if you want to break the bad habit of snoozing in the morning, let's say that you want to wake up without snoozing, uh, you would leave your phone away from the bed so that it's more <laughs> difficult to snooze. <laughs> you actually have to get up, right? So that is, um, in, in some things, they are, um, they are the opposite. I got one more question too. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure because you're in Australia. Have you always been in Australia? No, I was born and raised in Brazil and I moved here about 10 or 11 years ago. But you've never been in the United States. I've traveled there, but I haven't lived okay. there. I just have a question as far as your meditation um, beliefs, because now it seems to be like they're bringing in meditation into the schools, you know, like a younger age. Um, like when I went to school, there was never any thought about any of that. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. It's a good um, thing. I think... Uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting question because the, the idea is that, you know, you don't need to believe anything to practice mindfulness mm -hmm. and you don't need to believe anything to repeat the sound in your mind and notice how that calms you. Um, and, and strictly speaking, that is true. You don't need to believe anything to do those practices. 
and they are beneficial. Like they, they, they give you lots of benefits. So in general, I think it's, it's a really good thing, but, um, you know, if you, for those who decide to go really deep in those practices and, you know, that's not just practicing 10 minutes at school uh, every day, you know, like those who go deeper in those practices, they will, um, their worldview will change. So it's not that the, the practice is not asking you to believe anything, but um, we, through that, through the experiences that you may have in the practice, if you go deep into it, you may change your worldview. I don't see that necessarily as a problem because you are, you're not asked to believe any dogma. You are just exploring your own consciousness and, you know, you can, you can decide what you want to do. Um, in some cases, like if you go deep into the meditation practice, in some cases, meditation can have uh, adverse effects, just like anything in the world, you know, uh, physical exercise, it's great, but depending on how you do it, if you do it too mm -hmm. much, if you do it in the wrong way, uh, you can hurt yourself. It's the same thing with um, mindfulness and, and meditation. And uh, I think we are becoming more and more aware of that. So people who teach these practices in whatever settings, they need to be aware of that. So that when, when there's a question about it, they know how to, they know the intervention to have, they know what to do. What are you mm -hmm. saying that you can meditate too much or what is it? How could it be bad? I don't get how it can be bad or how it can lead to. So, and this is something that I covered on the chapter 39 of the book a little bit, but um, there, there are different styles of meditation and they're all different exercises. There are different forms that we can exercise our, our consciousness, our awareness, our brain. And they have different effects on us. Right. So, for example, uh, the, the mindfulness meditation in which you are taught to just observe everything as it is, kind of without um, attachment or rejection, without, without touching anything, just kind of like you're witnessing everything as is and letting everything come and go. Uh, it is shown that if you do too much of that practice, you may lose motivation in life oh, okay. to do anything. Because, you know, like um, the desire to do something is just something that you watch come and go. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, right? So it, it's, it's a different skill. So in, in that chapter 39, I talk about the difference between observation meditation, like mindfulness, and concentration meditation. In, in observation meditation, you are, you are training your attention to be wide and shallow. Right? You're, you're training yourself to see all things equally. Okay. But motivation is not about seeing all things equally. Motivation right. is about feeling powerfully moved by one thing. And so you, you can see that it's, it's a different skill in the brain. And so if you're only training this skill, you may not use that one anymore. Uh, concentration meditation on the other hand, is, it's the opposite. Your attention is, is narrow, but deep. You select one thing and you stay with it. So these, these styles of meditation, they have different, they exercise different parts of the brain. They have different effects on you. If someone is a very impulsive person, I would say, do observation meditation, do mindfulness. That's going to be good for you. If you do concentration, it may actually make it a little bit worse. If a person is struggling uh, with motivation and focus, you know, I would say probably concentration meditation will be better for you. And this, this is something that I know from my own experience and study because I have 
uh, read books about many different traditions. I've tried many different practices and I, I have felt the difference in my life. But most meditation teachers out there, they teach you one meditation style and that's it. Mm -hmm. So that's something that is a little bit unique uh, about my work, which is the idea that different styles give you different benefits and they suit different temperaments and, and, and different people. There was one style of meditation that I did called self-inquiry, a, a non-duality style of meditation. And I did that for nine years. And in that style, when you go deep into it, you get to a space within yourself that you're just in complete peace and bliss, right? So like, you don't need anything. You don't want anything. And depending on the phase of life you're in, that's great. For a man in his early 20s, probably not the best meditation <laughs> at that phase of life. <laughs> right, right, right. It's, it's interesting that, that this is this is this is neat part of the conversation here because I would say that yeah that's what we're all seeking is that um, <laughs> that nirvana. I had no idea. yeah I had no idea that there were so many different forms and that's that's really interesting so you'll you'll I can do the meditation but you won't get me on the cold showers <laughs> <laughs> It's just it's just a ten minute shower though, right? Uh, oh, the cold shower is even less than that. Yeah. Less, ten minutes less. is a lot for a cold shower. <laughs> Thank you. Dif different practices Stephanie for different purposes. Yeah. Stephanie's a cold shower fan over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Julie says so much new and interesting information on meditation. You know, mm. there there there's a there's a lot there's a lot. Um, wow. Uh, you know, yeah. Well, that's so interesting because by golly, I talk about us <laughs> letting everything be quite frequently. Um, but I also talk about us making sure that we honor ourselves. And I think, I think we've come to a healthy, a healthy understanding of, of that, of that. Um, and so we need both these skills, you know, these, both these skills are important. We need to learn how to, to let go and, and to not get involved. And we need to learn how to hold on and get involved. You know, these are two different aspects. And wisdom will tell the difference. Like, should I use this skill now or should I use this other skill now? Um, you know, people who, if you, if you only have one skill, if you only have the skill of um, letting go and acceptance, that can help you not suffer. Because when we are letting go of things, when we are accepting things, we're not suffering. We are in a state of ease. But you may have trouble setting boundaries in your relationships because you tend to accept everything, right? That's, um, mm. And in life, we get more of what we accept. So if people right. treat us bad and we accept that, we're going to get more of that. If we, if we don't have enough money and we accept that, then we're not going to work hard to change that. And so... That's one side of the story. On the other side of the story, the ability to, to hold on to something, to focus our energies, to make something happen. Um, also, if that is the only skill you have, well, you, you're never going to be happy, are you? You're just always going to be in the treadmill. You're always going to be in the rat wheel. Um, so we need a balance of, of the opposites. We need that um, whether we, you know, like regardless of, of who we are, regardless of, of gender or anything, we need more of that, feminine energy and more of that masculine energy in balance you need the ability to to accept to let go to nurture to love and we need the ability to focus to go after to energize you know these being a complete human being we need all of these tools in our toolbox because if we only have a hammer 
then we tend to look at everything as if it's a male. And the problem is not everything is a male. So we need these different tools. We need these different ways of being. Wow, pretty enlightening. Uh, thank you. Sally, Sally raised her hand. You have a question? Um, I was going to say, I'm not, um, I guess I would say I can zero in on myself and find out, you know, more what I need at this moment. Um, <clears throat> either the uh, uh, mindfulness, you know, or the uh, concentration part. Um, but I, I, uh, I go to a, a groups and they seem to switch it on and off, you know, the two different kinds. And, um, you know, so I have yet to be alone by myself and try to decipher that, except for when I do a meditation by myself. But I, you know, it's a whole ball of wax for me right now because I'm just learning from these groups and I wouldn't stop them, you know, because they're helping me learn all this. But um, so that's what I'm doing. But, you know, when I end up um, not doing so much of that, and it, maybe I won't, you know, I have thoughts of being a monk inside my house or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, that I have thoughts of continuing this, you know, as a part of my life. Uh, so, you know, right now I don't know what I'm doing. So I, I guess I was going to say that's what I do is I leave it up to, uh, you know, wherever I, I, I go to meetings because I like them and I must like them for su such and such a reason, you know, and, um, you know, but I don't have it all planned out yeah. yet. Yeah. That's it sounds like you're, you're more in that exploration phase and, and that's fine where you're trying different things. Mm -hmm. After a while, you may find a teacher or a path or a practice that really resonates with you mm -hmm. and then you you hold on to that mm -hmm. um you know at the end of the day is uh, the, the more we are clear about what we are seeking about um what we want then mm -hmm. we can know like is this practice helping me get there or not some people come to meditation because they want healing other people want to meditation because they want to perform better in their life other people come to meditation because they want spiritual enlightenment. It's not going to be the same practice for these three types of people. It has to be something that is suited um, to that particular goal and, and to the temperament of each person. Well, I want all of those. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. I was going to say, can we get them all from the same? <laughs> we condense it all. Time management, right, Giovanni here. <laughs> Well, if you need more, then, then you would have a, a balanced combination of practice. Yeah. Right. yeah. Wow. Huh. Boy, I tell you, uh, you're giving me a lot, a lot to think about, a lot to think about. Thank you, Sally. Thank you, Maria Sally. has a question. I have a question. Um, I, I, you just mentioned the healing. Do you have any experience with the healing med meditation? I have my, my brother's... Um, girlfriend is trying to do that she has a, a disease um and she's trying to really go deep and and try and help with this disease do you have any experience with healing meditation? so uh, yeah when I, when I say healing it could be interpreted in two different ways it could be interpreted as the physical healing like the body's in pain the body's sick or it could be interpreted as kind of emotional or psychological healing um if we're talking about i have created a, a meditation about um dealing with chronic pain uh, with mindfulness and and the approach to that is to 
you know, you do the opposite of what you would naturally do, which is one to distract yourself away from the pain and, and, and to look the other way. You actually go into the pain, but you learn to be there without um, aversion, without pushing it away. We just kind of be there with a mind that is calm, with a heart that is open. And thousands of people have taken that meditation of mine on Insight Timer, and they said that this was super helpful and they do it every day. So that, that would be my main approach if someone is dealing with pain in the body uh, that is how i think meditation can help now another thing that it, that could be is um if there's a type of chronic disease that keeps on coming and like how why why is this happening because we know that what's what's happening in our mind in our soul it shows in our body and so you could use just the skills of meditation to see if you can get in contact with that with that part of the body that is sick, like internally in your awareness. So if there is, there's something going on in my stomach, uh, some type of, of stomach disease, you could in meditation after the mind is calm and, and stable and introverted, you could move your awareness to the stomach and, and ask the stomach as if it's a person, um, what's happening to you? Why is this happening? And if you do that in the right space with patience, with receptivity, you may find that an answer comes in inside yourself. And that answer could be an image, it could be a voice, it could be an inner knowing, wordless inner knowing. Maybe you feel like, ah, oh, there's something in my life that I haven't learned how to digest. And this is now showing in my body, for example. And then that becomes a, a powerful insight that can help you in the healing journey. Mm -hmm. So these are some of the ways that meditation can help with healing. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, allows, allows our mind, it's our thoughts. Our thoughts are so powerful. Our thoughts are so powerful too. And um, so I think it, in a way, quiets our minds down so we can actually be in tune and, and allow our own innate um, goodness to come forth. <laughs> There's a lot to that. It can't necessarily, you don't wanna say that it could replace um, any doctor's care or anything like that. But um, I know for me, it's worked in, in my healing journey quite unbelievably so. Uh, you know, so there's definitely something to it, definitely something to it. We will be um, sending all of Giovanni's information, contact information, and we will include uh, what you're talking about there. Um, as far as that, it sounds like we're going to have a pretty good uh, email full of a bunch of information when we send it out to you guys. Um, any, uh, does, uh, thank you so much, Maria. Would anybody else have any questions that they'd like to ask? I don't know if my question is silly or not. But um, I'm, it's something I've been thinking about lately with all the, our talk about discipline. Is being driven and discipline different? Mm. Um, the, the reason why I ask is when I was younger, I, um, I, was, I, I was driven um, to music. And it was like an obsession and I was so focused and so driven. I was, it wakes, it would wake me up at night when I was being creative. Um, it was all day, all consuming. 
And in order to do it, though, I had to be disciplined. So it was almost because I had to still go to school. I had to, you know, um, even when I went to college and then when I had children, I had to have slots and be so disciplined and so driven. And then when I was about 50, I crashed from it. Um, but, I, but I always thought of myself as being disciplined. Uh, is it different? You know? I think, I, yeah, a good question. I think there's a big overlap. Uh, if you have an all-consuming goal or desire or drive like that, then that will push you to be disciplined because you want to make time for it. You, might, you want to create space for it in your life as you did, you know, in your early years and later on in your family life. So I, in your case, I would say that you were very driven and that made you be disciplined. Now, there are people who they are somewhat driven, um, but they, they can't focus that drive into actual action. And, and so like they want something, but they're not taking action. It's a, it's a bit haphazard, um, maybe because they're getting distracted with other things. Maybe there are contradictory desires. Maybe there's self-doubt. And, and that just becomes a wish, something that I want, but I don't actually do. Um, and you can also be disciplined without being particularly driven. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm disciplined about brushing my teeth every morning and, and before going to bed, but I, I don't have like a particular... Uh, <laughs> strong motivation or, or desire about it. It's just a little discipline that makes life better. Okay. Yeah. And, and um, part of the reason why I'm in this group is because of that crashing. Now I'm trying to find a little more balance and I've actually stopped playing a lot for the last six months to just try and get space and get balance before I go back. Because I don't want to be driven again. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm. it's, it's almost like... It's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's a lot there to unpack. You know, and um, it, it's hard to do it like this, but it, it, it could go into different directions, right? It could be that, um, you know, it could be that uh, the crash and the pain was not because you were being driven. It could be that it's because the way you were being driven. It could be that there's a, a different way of going back to music that is a bit more playful mm. and less, less intense. Uh, it could be, uh, there, there could be different things. Um, but it, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. I'm an, I'm a very intense person. So maybe that's what I need to focus on um, the playful side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Cheryl, that's the reason that there is this group. Yeah. <laughs> it's because of my crash and burn. Right. Um, and then just recently I've called it a breakdown breakthrough to change the language in my head that I'm no longer on my healing. I've broken through. But yeah, um, that's that's that we'll talk about that. We'll start talking about that a little bit in the coming weeks. Um, any Stephanie other, thank you, question? Cheryl. Thank you. Oh, go ahead. Great. Stephanie had a question. You're on mute, hon. There you go. Hello. I have a ton of questions, but I'll try to keep it short. Okay. Um, is the, this is, this is a general question. Um, 
is there a certain position to meditate in or is it kind of a personal preference? The most important thing is to keep the, the spine and the neck straight, ideally unsupported. The positions of the legs and the hands, they don't matter that much. Okay, so that means you want to be in a vertical position, not a horizontal position, because it's supported, right? Yeah, okay. It's in some styles of meditation, like yoga nidra, you are actually supposed to okay. um, meditate lying down. Otherwise, you will be seated up. That's the best, best energy, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, no, that's it. I'm, I'm oh, enjoying you, you listening said, to you. said a whole ton of questions. <laughs> I know, you're allowed. I know, allowed. I just can't think of them all right now. Um, <laughs> I, I am just, I'm not so much, well, I guess we're all on a healing journey. Um, I feel as though I'm kind of the opposite of, of Cheryl, where I have finally at 60 realize that I can keep doing stuff that make me happy and that I can still pursue a career at 60 just because the general population works for 30 years and then retires at 60 doesn't mean that my life has to go that way so mm -hmm. that's kind of a mindset that I have right now that I am like I'm on the third journey in my life where I'm going to my goal is to get a teaching position in a classroom, which I have never had. I've substituted. I went back to school late in life to get my teaching degree. And then so so my question is just that I'm trying to, um, you know, time the restraints are always, you know, when you work. But I guess you just have to kind of like your schedule sounds pretty good about the, the 3.30 and getting up and then going to bed at 9.30. So. I think I get in that routine when I'm working because I'm out of the house eight hours of the day. And then I come home and I'm usually tired, but the early mornings is I think a good time to do the meditation. I'll probably yeah. be, I live alone, but I mean, if you have a family or something like that. So I'd say that the, the morning routine is a powerful concept uh, that we talk about. Um, the idea is that you start your day with your aspirations. You start your day when you have, you know, full uh, wakefulness when you have full energy at the beginning of the day you start by by doing the things that you may not do if you leave them for for evening and so your morning routine could include uh an hour of studying for for this new career oh i see what you're saying so i implemented in the meditation okay i really don't do much meditating i mean not a serious organized meditation but that i'm really yes. into it i'm really yes. into doing that so yeah <laughs> until not yet because we're having we're starting a 21 day meditation journey yes but, um yeah let's see here um decision fatigue decision fatigue probably plays into that too um stephanie yeah, I just feel like sometimes, I guess I always feel like to be successful, you always have to do it in a big way. Um, my human design tells me differently. You know, that I, I function a whole different way than some people. I don't, I don't like, and Jen, you say this too, you don't like fast things either in time constraints. And I find that when I work full time that I have a hard time fitting it all in. But I guess if you don't have to do it, how can I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's kind of like we're getting disciplined, but yet we need to also enjoy it, right? I mean, 
You need a right. balance. Right, you need right. A I mean, fire and water I, has a, right. I have instilled, you know, walking into my thing. I've instilled yoga. I mean, I've got that down now that I just get up and I do it. I don't think about it anymore. It's kind of like brushing your teeth. So, I mean, to me, that's a big step because I was never disciplined in anything. <laughs> so I'm real proud of myself. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. You're here. Sure. You're here. Sure. Thank you, Stephanie, so much. Does anybody else have any questions? We have about 10 minutes left. Comments, any comments? Let's see, what else is on here? What else is on here? Jody, you don't nope. have anything to say or uh, Ginger, nothing that you would like to ask or say? Okay, go ahead, Giovanni, please. What are you gonna say? Oh, it just came to my mind uh, that um, one of the things that can make the journey of self-discipline harder is you know, psychological trauma. So if we are dealing with that in any, because we're talking about healing, if we're talking about the internal healing, uh, if there has been trauma in your life, you know, that is something that can make things more difficult because there may be that voice of um, self-doubt. There may be the, a part of you that is not going to allow you to to try things that are risky because it's afraid and has good reasons for that. And so um, that's why I love this topic because it's once, once you have a goal, once you have a purpose and you want to be disciplined about it, that will be a, a playground for you to work on all levels of yourself. Right, so it's the self-discipline to even work through those trauma things. So, so it's actually the meditation with the mindful self-discipline, yeah, mm -hmm. that's the name of the book, mindful self-discipline. So it's the meditation with the self-discipline that makes it magic. Yeah, that's why right? it's a, a mind, mindful self-discipline. It's uh, it's a combination of these two things of awareness and willpower of uh, knowing and doing. All right, and that's what Ginger says. That's where I'm at: trauma and self-doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, uh, this. There's a lot of trauma in, in, in all of our, well, my gosh, you know, most of us 50s or so, 60s, and, you know, you, there's been a heck of a lot of trauma <laughs> throughout those years and a lot of absorbing it until the body can't do it anymore. And then we're coming back from all of that kind of stuff. Um, but, um, you know, that's, you know, that those are private sessions actually, aren't they? <laughs> That would be private sessions. That would be private sessions for sure. Um, may, may I ask if anybody else has any questions or comments before we continue forward here? Um, we have a, just a, about seven-ish minutes left. Giovanni, is there anything that you would like to discuss? I don't want you to leave here wishing you would have said something. If not, I got questions. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah, you let let's let's hear them. Well, I the the I would I would like to have um, the importance of meditation expressed. Why is it so important? Right. You know, med meditation is an exercise for our mind, for our heart, for our awareness. And just like we need to exercise our body for our body to be healthy, for us to feel good in our body, we need to, to know our mind and we need to know our internal world and to exercise it so that 
the energy flow so that we are feeling happy so that you know we can we all have we all meet suffering and adversity in our life we all have uh, negative thoughts and emotions coming up and meditation trains you it gives you the tools to know how to how to manage these things how to deal with these things it changes you little by little it um it teaches you that you're more than your thoughts and your emotions that you are the awareness the, the pure consciousness in which all of these things come and go and when you start to little by little know yourself as such then there will be a sense of peace and freedom that you you are you are like more than your personality in a way you are deeper than that and this this is a a lifelong journey it's a transformation that doesn't happen overnight you know, for for a whole life we have been using our mind in a very particular way in a very kind of chatty externalized way and now mm. we're trying to calm it down and turn it inside and go deep you know that would take there's a lot of momentum going the other way so that would take some consistent practice i like to see meditation in, in the same category of things as you know taking a shower brushing your teeth eating um, it's a type of thing that is best to do every day. So uh, someone new to meditation, um, would, you, would they start with five minutes a day or, or what would you suggest somebody new to meditation? Yeah, in general, I would suggest them to start small. It, for depending on the person, it could be five minutes or it could be 20 minutes, but it should be smaller than your motivation. If you are motivated and capable of meditating 30, meditate 20. Right? Make it easy. And never zero. Establish never zero. the habit. Yeah. And then you can grow little by little if you want to. That's been what's kind of worked for me a little bit is, is implementing it, even if it's just two minutes. But once I get that time slot down, then I realize that I like it. And then I can, once I like it, I'm, it's easy for me to create time and space for it because it's something I want to do. It's, it's just uh, getting it, getting it established, getting it started, just one, one foot in the door, get that foot in the door and keep it going. Sally, you have your hand raised again, honey. Are you muted? Um, I was listening to you talk about um, trauma and I really like the way you put that. Um, you know, once we, uh, you know, if we are, have a history of trauma or have a traumatic something we wanted to work on, um, that, that's a lead into all of this. Um, mm -hmm. but, but does it have to be, I mean, do you have meditations uh, for that or meditations in a group that it might not ha have to be, um, you know, individual therapy, which I have, but, um, um meditation wise and everything you're talking about do you have certain meditations that would be helpful for that or i i don't have any meditation that is called like meditation for trauma yeah, yeah. but uh in my program i do teach many different styles of meditation and some people who are there they do struggle with trauma and they find them helpful yeah okay. yeah, um, yeah right yeah. Now, people who come to me um, for self-discipline, if they have a, a trauma history and that is part of the work, then I say like, no, I, you, you can work with my wife. Like she does the trauma uh, healing side of things. I do more the, the coaching side of things. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's, it's a particular skill, but you know, I'm trauma informed and I have created tools that help people with trauma because yeah. as part of the, the process of healing trauma is to, you will need a stable nervous system because mm-hmm. you are opening up that, that, the Pandora box inside of you, right? Then all of those painful emotions and memories are going to come up and you will need to have a stable uh, nervous system, a stable awareness mm-hmm. to be able to process that in a way that allows you to release it. If not, like you start opening and then you have to close it again because you, you just can't. And, mm-hmm. and here's where, where meditation, mindfulness, the other tools that I teach are really helpful. Um, I understand what you're talking about. And I was wondering in your insight timer meditation, if you have more um could you mention certain ones that people seem to be able to um uh, use for their own trauma resolution yeah in general i would recommend the inner silence one and yoga nidra we do yoga nidras that's what we offer uh quite often we do um two times a week we have them uh, mm-hmm. different yoga nidras and or guided meditations of some sense but uh, they are very helpful mm-hmm. they are very helpful kim says what is the meaning on the wall behind you and i would say that's mindful self-discipline and that's living there yes yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, this is a symbol of an aspiration you know it's the aspiration pillar of mindful self-discipline and it's in the cover of the book it's uh, us having a direction in life, having a compass for living. There you go. And here on the right, it's um, it's the live and there symbol, and that is uh, a lion that is meditating. Wow. And also, it's it's a it's a lion that is um, peaceful. And I say in my work that uh, I'm not interested just in peace. I'm interested in empowered peace. So again, that balance between empowerment and peace, between you know the ability to get what you want and the ability to let go but this the, we need these two in our life um yeah so that is the in, empowered piece the, the peaceful line that's pretty helpful sally thanks for asking that about the the trauma um I, um we will tomorrow send the replay link for this and it will include um giovanni's for to get his book his contact information, and I'm assuming maybe you could get something for the uh, Insight Timer too, to let us know how to connect with that. Um, I, I wanted to share that along with this book, it, 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 through the pages there, um, it's there's a workbook that you can download as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and that's uh, mindfulselfdiscipline.com forward slash workbook. But I will put that in the email tomorrow as well. Mm-hmm. Um, any other final comments, Giovanni? Um, no, it's just uh, I'm I'm here to encourage everybody to get in touch, get in touch with yourself, know what you want, know what is important for you, and then go for it. Like you, you, you can do it. There's no, you don't need to doubt yourself. If you have failed in the past, doesn't mean you're going to fail again now. You know, you have a different, you're in a different time in your life. You have different tools. You have a different support. You have a different wisdom. So um, have the courage and the confidence to know yourself and to, to create your dream life. Mm, beautiful. Eileen, raise your hand there at the end. We got one more second. Let's get you in, girl, girlfriend. 
Unmute. There you go. I unmuted. I really, I've really enjoyed your talk. Um, you bring so much interesting and insightful. I'm, I'm someone that's been. Um, I practice TM, and I started in the '70s, and I left the practice for a long time. And it was amazing how, decades later, I was able to pick it up again with, with assistance, of course, but. Uh, my mind knew exactly what it did uh, back when I was practicing in the 70s. And the part that um, kind of resonated with me, which what you spoke of, is to be to be watching for the effects of how your practice or your meditation affects you, because that's been so true with me. Um, there have been visible um, things that I've been able to observe in my own daily life. Um, that I've benefited from. And I think that's the reward. And I think that actually motivates you to continue your practice because it's almost like our yoga practice. You wake up and you really want to do it. Um, so I thought that was really helpful that, you know, if you really look and observe yourself as a result of your practice, you'll, you will see benefits or maybe like you said, some things that you don't really want to um, grow in, in your life. So Thank you for that. I think that's so important. I don't think people realize that there is profound effects and you just have to watch for them. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. No, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I enjoyed it so much. Jen, thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you all for, for coming. Um, yeah, thank you all for coming. So tomorrow I will send the information via email along with the replay link and I'll send it to you, Giovanni, as well in case you'd like to post it anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. Any final questions, comments, or anything from anybody? Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Thank Giovanni, thank you so thank you. very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Namaste, everyone. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. So there we go. Stop.